listeners, welcome to Inside Techcom with your host Zohra Mutabana. In season 4, I hope to bring to you different perspectives and interests that intersect with our field. Let's get started. Hello listeners, welcome to another episode of Inside Techcom with Zohra Mutabana. Today I have an interesting guest that I kind of I've been following on LinkedIn. and started following his content and i was pretty impressed with it and i wanted to reach out to him and i did lucky for me matt responded hi matt how are you good how are you doing zara i am doing very good so we have matt thomas today hey matt take it away tell us a little about yourself my name is matt thomas i am a few things a bunch of things i'm uh my background like professionally as a professional writer was mainly as a technical writer i started I was a technical writer just straight for like 12 years. The last few years I've gotten more into copywriting and in the last 9 months I've become a content creator on LinkedIn and so that's what I'm have focused pretty heavily on now. I post content like original content 5 days a week Monday to Friday, sometimes on weekends and yeah, been building up my following since I started last November. I grow my following by about 10 times the number I started with. As I kind of have gotten more serious about it, I'm eventually going to start like monetizing and kind of focusing on that, making that my turning that into a business. So that's impressive and that is I mean that's superb. I would love to learn some of those tips and I'm sure we will kind of dive into some of how you go about creating that content. So you said you were a technical writer and you became a copywriter. Can you share a little bit about that journey and what prompted you to kind of go on this different path sure so like i said my background is a technical writer i worked as a contractor i was always like self employed so i worked on a bunch of different contracts and projects as a technical writer creating everything from software documentation health and safety documentation animal care protocols for my local zoo training material e-learning courses And then after about 12 years I kind of decided that I was just tired of being a technical writer working on these big projects too much stuff out of my control and I just wanted to do something else. I felt like I wasn't really growing. I was just kind of like I, my skills weren't really broadening. So at the same time a friend of mine so well, she was a friend of mine first but um she's also the marketing director for a Canadian fast food chain called Taco Time Canada. She reached out to me. She had a writing background, and she asked me about doing like some copywriting for them and like more corporate messaging and stuff, both internal and external. So I started doing more of that, and it was fun. It was a different challenge. It was different. Like there were a lot of transferable skills, but it was definitely a different thing into than technical writing in terms of fewer words, but a lot longer spent on. figuring coming up with the right ones like being very precise about using the right language and the creative aspect of it right like finding angles for to talk about or different ways to frame or talk about a specific topic or product or promotion and just yeah the creative aspect of just like sitting there and brainstorming 50 headlines before you come up with the right one so yeah i can kind of associate with that sometimes i do feel like i want to do something creative and to some extent technical writing does kind of put you in a box so i do hear you there now that you've been on this journey you seem to you know you talked about your followers like just multiplying times 10 on linkedin why did you start that was that to sort of drive people to your business or was it something that you just wanted to experiment with content creation 
Yeah, I don't actually know. I don't even have a good answer. I always say I kind of didn't know why I, exactly why I started. I just kind of, I actually read a Justin Welsh post and that's kind of what inspired me to start. But I mean, I didn't realize exactly what goes into it. I'd never done any sort of online content creation, but I figured that I would, I could be good at it because I had the, you know, I had like a solid professional background in writing. And one thing I've always been good at is like, even in my roles as a technical writer was teaching people like how to write more clearly, like kind of showing them like what good writing is, like explaining it with examples and like just a lot of that stuff, a lot of, um, and then as I dived into it more and more, it turns out the technical writing is like, in my opinion, like one of the best backgrounds for content creation, just in terms of the number of like how many skills that are important in technical writing that overlap with the requirements of being a good creator. Like, and so a lot of that stuff, it, it turns out I just knew how to do instinctively from being a technical writer and whether or not I realized that was important. And yeah, I just kind of thought I could be good at it. And it turns out I was right. That's awesome. Can you tell us what transferable skills from tech writing that you sort of apply to copywriting? I think that's a, you know, that'll really illuminate this conversation. And Do you mean content creation or copywriting specifically? Uh, sorry, co- copywriting and content creation. I would say both. Okay, There's definitely some overlap. I'd say some of the more like specific skills that technical writing requires are more, even more applicable to content creation. At the end of the day, I think like, honestly, this is like, I also kind of try and make the distinction. Like I try not to put myself in a box as just like a, technical writer or a copyright like i can write manuals but i can also write web copy or like you know cold emails or and i can also teach people how to like create content but a lot of i think some of the skills are like understanding your audience so that's a big thing in technical writing right and that's yeah. also with copywriting understanding who you're writing to and how to tailor your language and speak to them in a way that's that kind of hits them where they live like use their language i think that's that overlaps with the skills required from technical writing to you know writing in a concise direct active voice those are things i always did as a technical writer in my documentation that i think are super relevant to content creation and copywriting so this is kind of i'll just talk about some skills that are applicable to both now but maybe especially content creation being able to break down complex information and present it in a way and organize it present it in a way that's easy to understand obviously like important as a technical writer, really important as a content creator, because it's important to be clear and just, right. Like if you're explaining, it's important. It's just being able to understand, explain your ideas in a way that's useful. And then also to be able to, because technical writing is writing for purpose, right? It's like writing, use this product, learn how to work this software, do this thing, like assemble these, this mousetrap, whatever. It's writing for a purpose. And like, I think the best content is stuff that is actionable. So it's not just inform. I kind of make this distinction. Good content is, I mean, sometimes it's informational, but it's not just informational, which means if it's something I can just find in a Google search, then there's not really any value to it. The value is either your perspective or how you're explaining it in a way that goes beyond just what you can read on the internet, like whether that's with examples, like those are another thing I use all the time. And as a content creator, the examples, like one of the biggest things I say is show, don't tell. So that's another thing with like technical writing. I always used a lot of screenshots and stuff, right? So rather than trying to describe stuff in words, show, don't tell. And I, I really apply that to my content creation examples, explaining, showing people why things work so they can see for themselves. It's much more convincing than just telling them 
here's why you should, you know, replace two weaker words with one strong word. When they actually see it applied in an example, like a sentence, they see the impact that makes a difference. And then other than that, like, I think just being able to organize and structure information, present it like hierarchically in a way that's visually appealing. A lot of the funny, a lot of the design things too, like when I design like carousels and stuff or like the visual design of my post and stuff, like as a technical writer, it's just like you learn certain habits, right? Like you don't center body text. Like it drives me nuts when I see carousel text that's all centered and, you know, clear headings that are visually distinct, all sorts of stuff. I think it's, I think it's a good background for a lot of different things. The trick is that I think I don't know that every technical writer can adapt their style to like either be a copywriter or be a content creator. So, I mean, I think that that, that's kind of up to the individual, but it gives you a lot of skills. Yeah, I I mean, as you were sharing the overlap, you're right that you we may have those skills, but applying those and making the content creation aspect of your journey actionable is something not all of us may have. But I have been following your content for a few weeks now. And I think I've learned a lot from them, actually. And it's easy to scan. It's fun. Sometimes it's not all about just content. It just posts about, you know, random Sometimes stuff. Silly stuff. That's the thing, too, is you got to like, you can't just educate. You have to entertain people as right. well. Like, so like every Friday, I'm a drummer. I put out a drum post. It's also like, there's also a lot of things that going into be go into being a content creator beyond just the content and the technical skills. Like there is like there's a whole aspect of building a personal brand like having people connect with you because that's kind of what entertaining like my best posts honestly are the ones that i think good content like inspires educates and kind of entertains and my best posts are the ones that can do all three like i have some posts that are really good they're entertaining but they're also educational and they're also inspiring so yeah and they're also quite engaging if i may say so um, thank you they kind of draw me in so and, you know, just kind of getting to know you a little more, kind of, it's also personable. It makes you more yeah. relatable as well. So Yeah, because you need people to trust. You're building a relationship yes. with an audience over time, right? Like those are the, and it is a lot of work and it takes a lot of time. Like it's been, I've been at this nine months, seven months consistently. I started small and I kind of like ramped up, but it's definitely paid off. Definitely, And the main thing is, like I said, like kind of the relationships I've made and people I've met and that I wouldn't have met or had access to otherwise, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's awesome. You know, this sort of dovetails into my next question. You have been at it for, you said, about nine months now. And looks like you started this journey in November, which was just before ChatGPT came out. Yeah. So, when you started this with all sincerity, I suppose, did you use AI to create content before ChatGPT? No, I no. haven't used any AI tools before. It seems like a very small window, but what was it like to create content for five days a week just before chat? Oh, I didn't start. I didn't start creating five content. That's kind of why I said like the first two months, I just like I started posting just like once a week and then kind of slowly as I started doing it more like ramped it up from there. It would have been, it would definitely be more more difficult like it's it, like anything too right it's a skill like the more you do it like even just coming up with ideas and stuff like when i started i was worried i'd run out of ideas but it's the longer you do it the more you realize that like ideas are ever it's like an ideation itself is like a skill right like mm-hmm. the more you practice it the better you get at it and a big part of that is as soon as i get an idea i write it down like it's they're all and it's all organized in like a folder in my phone so i can capture my ideas anywhere so so what sort of a tool do you use on your phone? 
Is that an app or just a note? Just iPhone, just notes in my iPhone. I just, I mean, I have it quite organized into folders by like month. So like, I mean, like, so right now I'm in July, all my unused ideas stay pinned to the top. All my used ideas get unpinned and every month, all the unused ideas get moved into the next month's folder. And then that way I can also just go back and see, Hey, like three months ago, what, what did I post this month? Okay. If I need to repost something, I can just check. It's not high tech, but it's, it works for me. Do you know what I mean? I think it does. The system doesn't matter as much as just having yeah. something to cap a system to capture ideas. Yeah, that makes sense. So you mentioned that, you know, you've kind of now really started leveraging the AI tools to, yeah. for content creation. The theme for this season of my podcast is AI. And I think it would really benefit the audience, my listeners, to know what kind of tools you've looked at in addition to ChatGPT and which ones do you use for what purpose? Just your strategy, your thoughts on that. Yeah, sure. Like, to be honest, ChatGPT is the main one I use. I haven't used many other ones. I am actually just signing up for, I just signed up for like a subscription for MidJourney. So I'm going to start playing with that as well. And the nice thing about being like an active content creator on LinkedIn is that I have a lot of fellow creators and connections who are in that. And it's a very hot topic right now. There's a ton. It's like the hottest topic on LinkedIn, just because I think it's a very popular hot topic worldwide, right? It's kind of disrupting. There's And the thing is, there's so many new tools coming out every day. I have a, a good friend of mine who is the founder of kind of like a directory of AI, like kind of the the main directory for AI tools because there's so many coming out daily, but she's got a great site. It's called um, topapps.ai. It's a good way. Like there isn't right now, there isn't really kind of like one central place to go, right? Like with other products and stuff. And because there's so many coming out, but she's kind of tried to centralize it all into one spot. So there's user reviews, there's rankings, there's articles and stuff about the different tools. I mean, at the same time, there's so many coming out that there's hundreds being added a day. They're using AI to add all the new AI tools that are coming out every day, right? Because there's, that's the only way they can keep up with it. But so, yeah, mainly ChatGPT. Going to start diving into MidJourney. I think that would be a good way to add some visual interest and flair to like my carousel covers. And it's all about like stopping the scroll too. That's the other thing you learn as a creator is getting attention, right? Like finding ways to stand out. I've also used a tool uh, developed by like a connection of mine called Unfluffer. That's a copywriting slash kind of rewriting tool. So you can take a rough draft or kind of like a real, real ugly, ugly version of something and drop it in there. And then it can rewrite it in 14 different languages. And there's a bunch of different tones, like humorous, educational, informative, persuasive, authoritarian. And yeah, it's, uh, it's unfluffer is the tool is the name of the tool. There's a couple others. Like I'm, I think it's better to kind of. Like now that I've, I've got a hand on chat GPT, cool. I'm going to use that. And then I'm going to mid journey is the next one I'm going to do because then that's like a visual, that's a visual aspect. Right. And then like after that, I think I might look at something for video. I think there's so many tools that like, if you try and keep up with them all, it's just going to be overwhelming. It's better to pick a couple in different categories and then just take your time, like playing with them and learning, like learning them at your own pace. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you, you know, with the noise that's out there, I'm kind of starting to feel overwhelmed. And thanks for the recommendation, the top apps API, top apps AI, apps. sorry. AI. Yep. Yes, I will definitely plug that in my show notes. And Unfluffer is the other one that you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, I've been using uh, WordTune since I'm a UX writer. But yeah. there is, it's not just the number of... Yeah, options. I've used WordTune a little bit too, just the free version. Just the free um, version, as well. yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. It's not only the the many options. It's like a buffet out there, but it's also which one to pick. And then subscribing to all these because they tease you with all the potential these tools have. And that's kind of starting to really overwhelm me. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I just kind of, that's why I say, I think it's better to just focus. Like ChatGPT was kind of like the first one that came out. And a big reason about why I adopted that is because like everybody on LinkedIn started talking about it. But also like I kind of saw the, you know, I mean, the writing on the wall. And especially now that I've been doing more copywriting, I was like, well, this is probably going to disrupt things. So, and also like, I think it's just like, I was curious about it, right? Like I saw people talking about it. Like, I think the best way to approach it, the, these tools is like with that, like a mindset of creativity and curiosity rather than just feeling like you have to learn these. Right. Or like, cause then it's just, you're not going to want to do it. It's going to feel like work. I mean, yeah, it does get overwhelming. Like, that's why I'm just like, I'm just like, I've made a conscious decision to just, I'm going to what, like, I'm, like I said, I'm do, I'm using ChatGPT. I, I consider myself, I'm obviously better than the average person because I've used it a lot now. And I have like a list, like a library of my own prompts and stuff. I'm going to do mid journey next because I have, I also have a couple of good friends who are like, they've got a bunch of guides. I've downloaded them. They're experts. So like, I mean, I can leverage other people's expertise in that space to kind of up my game, but it's going to, it's like anything, it's going to take time and it's trial and error right? and playing with yeah. stuff. And then I think the next one I'll look at is some sort of maybe a video creation tool. I actually just had a brilliant idea yesterday on like a really unconventional way to use a couple different AI tools in combination with each other for, um, I mean, we can maybe talk about that in a bit or whatever, but... Um, yeah, why yeah. don't you draw, jump right into it since we're talking about it? Sure. So, like, as I'm... Like I mentioned, so I'm a content creator. So, as I'm going to... So, I'm going... Like, I'm kind of starting to monetize my services now because I think I've built it up to the point. And, uh, I, like, I'm, like, my services are helping people with their LinkedIn, with their content. Like, there's a whole, there's a whole industry, which you probably don't realize if you're not active on LinkedIn, but there's a whole, like, industry around just LinkedIn, right? And I've, I've already had a couple clients. Like I've had a few people reach out. I've done consults. I've um, had one client go through my five week program already. But I just kind of realized yesterday that like one of the ways I, I was thinking about it, like how I could add value to like my consults. And I was just thinking a couple weeks ago, I had just a, a meeting with a connection of mine on LinkedIn just to meet, catch up, chat. This is the stuff you do when you're in this like weird insular LinkedIn world all the time right. and your other creators. And he had his, AI assistant, Otter AI show up. They were at the meeting. So I accepted them, invited them to the meeting or it to the meeting. And then he said he uses that with his clients. He's a ghostwriter on LinkedIn. So like he interviews them, it captures everything in their voice and transcribes it all. So I was just thinking, I was like, I should, um, that would be a good value add. Like if you do a 75 minute consult with me, I was going to send like record, obviously give, send you a recording of the video after. But for somebody like me, I'd rather have a transcript that's like broken down, right? And this tool will do that automatically. Like, it, like I think that's a big value add. So like having a, a transcript copy of your call as well as a video. And then I realized like part of the reason I'm doing these consults is my eventual goal is to build like a digital product and to build and sell a digital product. And I'm using these calls as a way to kind of figure out like what are the common issues? What are the common things that people keep bumping up against? And like what are the things I can kind of keep telling people because that'll be the basis of my course. And then I realized, I was like, if I have transcripts of all of these, I can dump a bunch of transcripts into GPT, have it analyze 
all the themes in different categories that I'm looking at have it summarize the stuff that I'm saying over and over. So I can simultaneously build my digital course whilst I'm productizing my service. So it's like, it's just super efficient. And obviously like it's not going to be perfect. I've written and built courses. So like that's, but it's, it's a huge, like it's literally my own words. I just realized that yesterday I was like, Holy, it was amazing. I haven't seen anyone else. I'm sure it's somebody else has done it, but I haven't really seen anybody else mention using AI that way. Like it's just, it's just crazy. Like it's just efficient. You know what I mean? It is super efficient. And I'm so excited you brought this up because I record obviously my podcast, yeah. you know, shows. And then I do go and transcribe them. And I was using Otter for a long period of time. And just recently, I started using my hosting platform that is Buzzsprout. It creates the show notes and it creates the transcript. And I found that the quality was, I mean, these tools have just gotten better with time. And, And then going and summarizing, especially when I use the transcript to write my show notes, it's all AI generated. I, Of course, there is that human oversight where I have to, what I'm noticing is that the transcript is good, but the show notes can be very long. There is no formatting. There are no bullets. It's hard to scan. And that is where that human element comes in. And I kind of rewrite that using my tech writing background, but it's definitely very powerful. And the kind of things that you can do with the content and especially with the course creation that you're talking about, these are some things that I have thought about and they are in the back of my mind. And for to have a guest who is also thinking along the same lines and trying to monetize. I think that's brilliant. I mean, even yesterday, I just started adding, I don't know why I haven't done this before, but I just started adding like plugins to GPT-4 to like scan and summarize PDFs and stuff quickly. Yeah, I don't know. It was the first time I've done that. It's annoying that it only works in GPT-4 though, because they only give you like a a limited, I think 25 messages every three hours, which is annoying. Yeah. I think I've been using the uh, the 3.5, the Turbo, and I just uh, signed up with this plugin that allows me to, it sort of, it has a team and you can pick the team role that you want. And that extension serves content based on the role you select. So for example, I'm helping my husband create a marketing campaign and I had to pick that role and provide the prompt John uh, spit out this whole campaign for Facebook on what to do. It's a subscription. And I, you talk about content creation. The sky is the limit and you have to get creative. And if you come at it with curiosity, you can, I think, and not fear, I think you can really find the potential and see that it's truly a tool that can assist you. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know, like it's going to disrupt a lot of things. And I think that like... I don't think that you need to be an expert in it, but I think you need to like learn the basics of how to prompt it and how to use it. And just, and the thing is that they're getting, they're only getting more and more like user friendly, right? Like some of this stuff exists. Like that's partly why GPT caught on because it's simple. It's a simple interface. It's just a chat window, right? It's easy for anybody to use. Like you can, I actually just bought a course last week that I haven't even looked at yet, but I'm super excited about. It's one of the ones I've really been wanting to buy. It's called the AI content reactor by a guy named Rob Lennon, a LinkedIn creator as well. And uh, he's on Twitter as well. But it's kind of like the definitive course for content creators right now. And it's a new version of it too. So he's got the first one, he introduced this concept of like mega prompts, kind of like very detailed, specific prompts that you can. And the thing is that he talks about too, it's not even like, like 
using the prompts and like whatever is also like he says like it helps you improve your writing in some ways i haven't even dived into it so i don't know the specifics of how but i guess apparently the new one is like prompt chaining i guess chaining together like combinations of these big prompts to do like crazy things and there's examples and yeah i'm I'm pretty excited i just the thing is that it's it's hard it's hard to it's the time it's the time to like learn it so that's almost why like just kind of integrating it into your daily like work routine is a better way to do it than trying to just be like i'm gonna learn everything and play with it you know what i mean i just make silly stories with my five-year-old in it in in gpt like just have him like say some nonsense and it spits out something yeah i mean i think the earlier we involve our kids the better too i mean i have two teens and unfortunately they are kind of not excited about chat gpt yeah, my 19-year-old has, like, no interest in it, so... Yeah, and and it kind right of worries now, but, me as a parent, but I guess they'll figure that yeah, out. Yeah, but it's I think it's just because, like, they don't... I think that as soon as they, like, need it for something, like, school, or they realize, right? Like, part of the reason I adopted it quickly is because it was useful to me, right? Like, as soon as they find an application or they sit down and play with something like Midjourney and start generating cool images, they'll be like, okay, cool. Yeah, I, I suppose it, it it has to have that cool factor for them. You're right, maybe. There was one particular, well, challenge that you ran, or rather a poll on uh, LinkedIn, which I was really intrigued about was, was it content editing where... Yeah, it was man versus AI. Man versus AI. I really found that entertaining and informative at the same time. But, and the results were, did those results surprise you? Can you, or what did you expect when you created that challenge? Sure. Yeah, I'll just give like a bit of background so people sure. understand what it was. So it was, yeah, uh, I yeah, did, uh, it was me versus, I think uh, the tool I mentioned earlier on Fluffer, me versus on Fluffer. And it was a uh, man versus AI editing challenge. So I started with five, I took five poorly written sentences. So like, I'm also uh, like, I have a background in professional editing as well. So yeah, I guess that was another thing I didn't mention. I'm also an editor, copywriter, technical writer, content creator. So I took kind of five examples from my editing one of my editing textbooks and i rewrote them and then i ran them through unfluffer and i kind of took the best version i ran them a few times sometimes and i took the best version from unfluffer and my edited version and then i put them side by side in like a carousel like a slideshow post and then just showed them to people and with and covered up like which the response were sorry whose response was which whether which one was mine which was unfluffers Showed you all five examples, mine and the other one, but didn't tell you which was which, and then did a reveal, and then showed you which one was mine, which one was the thing, and then asked people to kind of let me know in the comments who they thought won the challenge. Spoiler alert, they thought man beat machine, but for all but one example, actually, for the most part, but it was good. I think it was a good way of, I think it was entertaining. I mean, it was like, I think that was back in January or February, which doesn't even seem that long ago, but like in with how fast AI tools are like, whatever, it seems like ages ago now. I think that was a good example of one that's educational and kind of entertaining at the same time. Yeah. Strangely, I tended to, I picked all the human written sentences and not the AI. I don't know what it was about them, but I just felt that they were simpler and easier to understand. I think it's a little more nuance, right? Yeah. I think there's like, that's where the human judgment comes in. Sometimes I found the AI rewrote it in what seemed like still like a little bit of a clumsy or like wordy way compared to like, and sometimes it would try and keep more of those words in there. Whereas I would just like, for example, I think there was one where basically I just replaced a bunch of words with contentious, right? And that was, and it made the sentence way shorter. 
Yeah. Um, and that was also, I remember one of my, my friends, my connections was saying that that's what tipped her off. Like the human, it was the human version just because she's like, I didn't think the AI would kind of like exercise that kind of judgment. But I think it was an interesting just experiment. It was more also to just see like, can you tell, right? Like who's is who's like. Right. And I think in one instance, it probably, to me, it sort of changed the meaning as well to some extent. And I felt like yeah. this does not sound human written because if a human was writing this, they would make sure that the meaning was intact. And that I mean, was lost. Depends on the of, human. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on the human too, I guess. But it is nuanced. We've kind of talked about your journey, the AI tools you use, the content creation. I think the one thing that I would like you to share is when you're creating this content, you talked about you capture your ideas in just the notes version of your iPhone app. How do you convert those to what they end up being on LinkedIn? Like, what is that journey? A few things. It depends. So... A lot of times so I'll start, I'll capture the idea. It's always the first step to just have it written down in my notes. And then, so like the longer, maybe I'll just like talk about like the process of doing this, just like back it up just a tiny bit. So like, because I'm posting five days a week, like, and I'm, you know, very consistent. I haven't missed like posting on a weekday since the end of February. It's the longer you do it, the more like kind of regimented, the more of a system you need. So, I, I mean, all my posts are scheduled. I don't really live post anything. So I always just post at the same time every day because, again, then that's taking another variable out of it. It makes it easier, right, mm-hmm. when you always post at the same time consistently. And also just being able to schedule it is like, I don't, like, whatever I'm doing, I don't have to, like, stop and try and schedule it for, like, 9.30 a.m. It's just good to go. I plan my content out a week at a time, like the week before. Usually on the weekend, I'll kind of just have a, I'm not really disciplined enough to do it like a monthly content calendar the way some people do. I just kind of do it a week at a time, but that's okay. But I'll just like have like a thing on my phone and just even just seeing it written down. Okay, Monday, I'm doing this. Tuesday, I'm doing this. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then just having that laid out. And then I'll usually work on my stuff on the weekends before. And I mean, right now, like lately, I've, I've built up enough of a kind of library of content too that I can repurpose stuff, right? You have to repurpose stuff. You can't like, Yep. I mean, and the thing is, right, you just, because, like, I have way more followers now than I did three months ago. I have probably, like, 2,000 followers more than I did three months ago. So, like, a lot of them haven't seen it. Or some of those older people who saw the old post, maybe they're not as active anymore, right? So, but then I'll sit down and, like, when it comes to actually writing the post, I'll take the idea. Sometimes I'll just sit down and, I'll, like, I'll just write it, a first draft of it, a lot of times on my phone, just so I can't, like, sit there and mess with it. But also then sometimes it's like, hey, here's my idea. Here's one talking point and I'll dump that idea into GBT and I'll just kind of give it some context, like the persona, like I'm a LinkedIn content creator who creates content about writing, editing, and what makes good content. So like, here's my idea for a post about blah, blah, blah. Here's like some of like the angles, talking points, discussion points that I've thought of. Can you give me some other, a lot of times it's more just like, what else, how else can I expand on this topic? Can you give me some other discussion points? or discussion oh. yeah and yeah topics in like point form and then it'll listen and i'll kind of start going from there and figure out a structure and and then also sometimes like it's it's helpful like if i get stuck like i kind of know what i want to say but i hate the way i'm writing it or i'm just like i'll just get something down and dump it in gpt and give me give me five variations of this sentence and i i don't really ever just dump stuff in and then just take the output and put it online like it doesn't work like that and i don't think the quality would be good but because uh, there are people who do that and it's trash. So No, I would not do that. And I see a point. 
I, I would not recommend doing that. But it seems like you've kind of come to a point where you have templates of prompts that you probably keep going back to. Is there a formula, any general advice as we start tracking our prompts, like what to do, what not to do? Some of the best advice I got, and I don't know why I was doing this before, because I've been using GVD for like three months before someone just mentioned this to me. So a friend of mine, maybe at the end, I'll give you a few creators that people should follow on LinkedIn as well, because I think there are some people who are making, who are exploring AI and making it accessible in a way that's kind of good for people. That's another way, right? Like to just kind of dip your toes into it is to kind of start getting educated and having some of these people show you what they can yeah, do. But a friend that. of mine, his name is Jordan Wilson. He hosts a daily show on LinkedIn called Everyday AI. And yeah, it's a five day a week kind of podcast live show that he does about AI topics. He told me he's like, start a prompt library, like a database of all your own prompts. And I was like, why am I not doing that? I mean, all your history is saved in the GPT window, but I was just like, no, like I use these all the time. And then when you get good ones, like you want to keep them in one spot. So that's what it's something I would suggest to everybody is like start like just a prompt library. It doesn't have to be fancy. Like I just did a table and word and put it in there. And then, yeah, like certain prompts I use, like, so persona. So I'm a LinkedIn contact. Just what I gave you just now, that's just something I copy and paste, right? I'm writing a post about blank and I just fill in the blank with whatever, like the idea is from my note. Right. And then, then there's other things too. Like there's, I have a lot for tone because I find a lot of the times, like the tone of what GPT spits out is kind of over the top. If you don't like massage it, like it's very like hyper, it just doesn't sound like the way people talk. Mm-hmm. So sometimes like I will run samples of my writing through it and try and have it emulate that. But also like a great prompt that I found that's simple is use minimal tokens. Like that's a great one. And that, that cuts the like tone of it way back. It's just like way more like less fluffy, less over the top, just much more close to like, it's yeah. Sometimes it's a little boring, but I'd almost rather have that because it's easier to punch up than trying to like rewrite stuff. that's really over the top. So use minimal tokens as one. Um, temperature so gpt is in temperature settings so like if you go add your prompt then you go i think the default temperature is 0.7 if you go 0.9 it'll prioritize more creative unconventional ideas if you go 0.3 it'll kind of be like more conservative and just more traditional so those are ways of just kind of varying the output and the amount of creativity so those are two really good ones and then, yeah, like I have a, just a bunch of other ones for tone, right? This in a concise, direct, active tone. And then there's like even stuff, like I said, even for the use minimal stuff. If I'm using GPT-4, I can add a counter so I can keep track of my messages after every message, add a counter written as like blank out of 25 prompts. So I know how many messages I have left. Stuff like I said, use minimal tokens. I can just from now on, if I add UMT or, um, at the end of a thing, just apply it means you, you know, what I mean, you just put shortcuts yeah, in there. You know, that's type awesome. stuff. Like, that's yeah. invaluable. If you're a lazy person who's also like kind of creative, AI tools are perfect for you because it's like, I want to do as little as possible, but efficiently and well. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm one of those lazy ones and I'm going to steal nice. your ideas. Thank you so much. I, I think this has been my best takeaway from this whole conversation on how to optimize those prompts. And everybody talks yeah. about prompt engineering, but you gave us some solid examples of what it really means in execution. An example too is like one of my clients for my content creation, like my content consulting services. My first student who kind of went through my five-week program, he is, um, he'd been 
really consistent and stuff like that. He was, so like I helped him with a bunch of things. One of the things though, too, is that he wasn't, he's not a native English speaker. English is his third language. So uh, Russian and Hebrew are his first two languages. I mean, and his English is pretty good. It's like, it's quite good for the most part. Grammatically, it's just certain funny, you know, just certain, like, obviously like it's his third language, but I actually came up with kind of a custom prompt for him that I gave him to kind of take his drafts and just smooth out some of the language a bit to like closer to like a native speaker, English speaker without changing like what he's writing without changing his voice, but just, just fixing some of those little grammatical idiosyncrasies. And it worked really well. I was actually really impressed with it. Like I was worried, like I didn't want to like, I don't want to change the way he was writing, but I think like, yeah, there's a million ways to just, and sometimes you find stuff and some of those, like the use minimal tokens and the temperature one were one I got from like a LinkedIn creator. And I was like, those are super useful. I tried them right away and I immediately added them to my list. Yeah, those are gold. Those are gold, definitely. You talked about a five-week course that you run. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, yeah. So I'm just in the middle of putting it together, actually. So it's a five-week program for creators on LinkedIn who want, like I, I offer a 75-minute consult as well, but for people who want more individualized attention and feedback on their content. So feedback on their content, what's working, what's not, everything from formatting to like the topics to kind of their hooks to how how they're discussing things to framing things in a way that the audience cares about, helping them with that, helping them with their content strategy and kind of identifying what their content pillars are. So this client of mine, when I when we started, I, I wasn't really sure. Like I was like, what do you talk? It was kind of all over the place. Like one day it'd be a post about this and I was like, okay, we need to like kind of dial you in. So like, like helping them, let's focus on these topics and like these are what you're going to kind of center your brand and your content around i mean it's cool because like honestly since we work together i've seen like an uptick in engagement the quality of this post has gone up the whole reason i started doing this was because i was doing it anyway like people i was giving people advice people were asking me for advice and people and it was helping them so i was just like you know what like i should just there's people who are far less qualified than me who are charging money for dubious things on linkedin so i was like why not me the other thing too, I think that like the best creators are ones who have some solid professional skills because there are a lot of people on LinkedIn who like don't have very much experience off doing anything off professionally off LinkedIn, right? I find those tend to be weaker. Yeah, uh, definitely. Please provide us those details when the program is ready. And if it's ready by the time this episode comes out, I would definitely love to plug that in as well. And sure. all the other recommendations that you've given, I'm definitely going to make it a point to add those. And I'll run it by you so that sure. we make sure. Let me give you a couple of names too. I think that that would be good for some of your listeners. Just a couple of names, people sure. to follow in the AI space. So I'll just give you a couple off the top of my head. There's Heather Murray. She's really good at making, her whole thing is like AI for non-techies. So she's really good at kind of making AI accessible. That use minimal tokens prompt and the temperature prompt are ones I got directly from a couple of her posts. My buddy Rory Flynn. He is uh, a genius with mid-journey, like generative AI, like creating images and stuff. He just gave a talk in Spain last week. He's And he shares some awesome tips and really detailed carousels. And then like as you can download all his prompts and stuff from his Gumroad for free. So like that's a great way to just get a bunch of prompts and put them in a folder. Do you know what I mean? Like somebody's yeah. already done the legwork. You can literally just copy and paste his formulas and add your own stuff to like the framework he's given you. A friend of mine, Parvez Shahid, he's a product manager in a bunch of different industries with a tech background, and he's 
really good at just kind of making AI accessible and relatable and then also exploring some of like the potential like ethical questions and stuff around it and issues that might come up and just kind of keeping you updated on the main because it's happening it's changing so fast i've never really seen an industry like in my lifetime that's just like where it's just changing this quickly like yeah this rapidly right if you look at mid-journey the first version versus version 5.2 or whatever one now it's like insane it doesn't even look like the same software isabella bedoya she's another one who is she has some great especially for marketers and for businesses and entrepreneurs she has some great ai tips as well Rob Lennon, like I mentioned, uh, the guy whose course I bought, AI Content Reactor. Those are the main ones that kind of come to the top of my head. But those are uh, awesome. Max Rasher is another one as well. He talks about AI for business and like automation and stuff like that as well. What do you think it will be the impact of AI tools on our profession? I think it's so hard to say right now because I think it's going to disrupt so many industries. I definitely feel like there's a lot of opportunities for technical writers to, I think that it's better to get on board with it sooner rather than later. Like I said, when as a writer, like as soon as GPT, like in December, I was like, I better get on this because like I see the writing on the web. There's learn to use it. It's hard to honestly, like, like a good human writer beats AI, but like a good human writer who knows how to leverage AI is hard to beat in terms of efficiency. Yeah. It augments your skills, right? It's not a replacement. Like, we're still going to need qualified, competent humans who have solid professional skills to leverage these tools. It's best when they're filtered through somebody. Like I said, I would never just take the output of GPT and put that on the internet as a post. Like, it's got to be, it ha- might help me write it or it might give me suggestions or ideas, but it's, it's at the end of the day, it's like my words and it's my voice, right? Yes. And I think that is where your unique personality comes through. And I think. At the moment, at least, AI has no personality. And as whatever that, personality you prompted. Yes. Yeah. And even then, I think there is that, I mean, at least I, for one, have kind of found that there is this unique voice that comes through when, you know, a human is writing it. It's, it's just me. I'm not claiming yeah. that I do that all the time. But again, this technology is going to evolve. But like you said, it is assistive. And if you can leverage it to, you know, become efficient, I think it can make it has the potential to make technical writers' lives and jobs a lot easier. Like I said, even with that like idea of how to put together a course, like I I don't know how to put together a course, but like it's just giving you a starting point place, right? Like yes. to apply your own skills to. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I think this has been a great conversation, Matt. Thank you so much for your valuable time and for all the amazing uh, tips and resources that you've pointed us to. And uh, I will be circling back with you to get those links in my show notes. And I sure. appreciate your time being with us. Have yeah. a great day. Thanks for having me, Zora. Thank you, Matt. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app, such as Google, Apple, or Spotify. For the latest on my show, follow me on LinkedIn or visit me at www.insidetechcom.show. Catch you on another episode.